Well, we're finally covering Empire Strikes Back, the seminal Star Wars sequel that set the gold standard for just how good a sequel could be. And it's about time, too, because this is the first time in history that a movie could have ever begged the question... Well, hello there, Mike. Good afternoon, Josiah. Good morning and afternoon and evening to wherever you I'm are. I'm just going to commit that it's afternoon universally. Yeah, you know what? It's five o'clock somewhere, baby. Hey, welcome to it's... How Star Wars Is It? We're off to a, a gripping start. <laughs> we love talking about just the, the how time is relative, because that's pretty science fiction. On this podcast, mm. we, we are all about hard science fiction. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is how Star Wars is it. Uh, did we already say our names? God. Yeah, no, like a... uh, you said, you, you greeted me as Mike and I greeted you as Josiah. Okay. It's been a thousand years. Since it really has, it, so. which is wild because to you, the listeners, this is just next week's episode. Mm-hmm. And to me, the editor, it's weird because I, I'm like, I get to listen to these like every week and then edit them. And I, I can't imagine you, Mike, how you feel like jumping back in, you know, yeah. to the, the pilot seat. Right. I was just saying that today the episode that released today as of our recording i did not remember having recorded it or what i said (laughs) very weird feeling so mike i I just said the pilot seat and i feel like you and me right now are in one of the good old uh uh fighters on hoth and Mm. we are in a Oh, uh, yes, like the, the flyer snow, and the gunner. We're in those snow speeders. Yeah, yeah we the are, DAC seat. Mm-hmm. We are back to back. We are flying this thing, and one of us is bound to get shot and has to carry the other for a while. Right. Uh, and try to shoot a, a tow cable and pull down a big old AT-AT. Mm. Did you say AT-AT or did you say AT-AT? Well, uh, my answer, because that seems to be a, like a debate that has kind of come up lately among right. fans... My answer is really. <laughs> that's that's what we're gonna get pissy about. <laughs> well, it's funny too because I always said ATAT, but watching I did the movie, too actually. <laughs> well, and watching the movie today, do you know what they never say? Yeah, neither of them. <laughs> yeah, They're they just call them Imperial Walkers. walkers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so you know, we should call these just Walkers because yeah. that's easier. Just like how more often than not, the characters are called Leah and Han. <laughs> Right. And the Millennium Falcon, or is it the Millennium Falcon? Well, it depends on the scene, and it depends on who you ask during which scene. Right. Or is it, in fact, a bucket of bolts or a hunk of junk? Right. It's all in the eye of the beholder. Or a hank of junk. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh, This is the show, How Star Wars Is It? Yeah. And if you've made it this far, I am so sorry. (laughs) In this show, we take, we break it down, baby. We're like, we really want it. We're like, let's. Let's take all of Star Wars. Let's put it in a chili. God, I don't feel like that makes sense when I started saying it that way. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> let's Gosh. take our toys out and throw them in the 
big pot on the stove. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> and make a yummy plastic chili. <laughs> so the premise of this podcast is we're going to take everything in the world and figure out how Star Wars it is. The idea is that everything is at least a little bit Star Wars. And so we take everything that is Star Wars related, we put it all into a big chili, we mix it up, and we compare everything to that chili. So we've done a lot of stuff, and we've done most of the Star Wars movies, but we still haven't done a couple of them. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> like three. <laughs> yeah. It's really wild that we are getting to three movies that have been out for years um far that after have been out for decades yeah right and we're getting to them after the most recent movie <laughs> well i feel like this like okay so we're doing empire strikes back and we haven't done return of the jedi and we haven't done last jedi right and it's because like these ones are the most important to us yeah. collectively and individually and we were saving them for when we would be face to face but we're running out of time for that because it would seem yeah. as though we're never going to see each other again <laughs> yeah due to terrible circumstances in my life apparently i'm never going to get to <laughs> go where i want to go ever again yeah and i'm just gonna be cruelly buffeted by the winds of fate mm -hmm. uh, much like every character in star wars um Okay, so I watched Empire Strikes Back today because uh, I wanted to... I'm going to jump right into it, Mike. Yeah, no, I, I also just watched it a couple days ago. And before we go any further, we spent a fair amount of time getting all of our tech stuff in order, and I have to use the restroom. But <laughs> never fear, listeners, because I can do it in one second. <laughs> all right, so Mike, let's jump into it. because that was the bathroom fast. It only took a second. It was amazing. <laughs> but here's... Okay. First things first, Empire Strikes Back. How Star Wars is it? How Star Wars is it? Uh, on the answer, very. But also, it's a good movie. Dude, uh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> as we all know, Disney Plus came out recently, and mm -hmm. um, I have all the Star Wars movies on DVD and watch them frequently. And they're the ones with the original theatrical cut because I'm a pedantic piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> But because I hadn't seen the special edition slash Disney editions uh, in a long time, I was just like, well, this is easy. Like, I'll watch right. Phantom Menace, and then that will just roll into episode two. Like I, and I've, I've gotten all the way up through Empire now, just via Disney Plus, because it's easier. And uh, I, I, it's such a good movie. So for for so long, I've always kind of held Star Wars as number one on my ranking, and then I don't really know where it goes from there, but Empire is always right behind it. But I know that everybody puts Empire as number one, and while I was watching it, I was like, yeah, this is the best movie. <laughs> <laughs> so so going off that a little bit, the um, so I have never seen, I don't think, the... Uh, because I am also a pedantic fuck, and I only <laughs> ever watched the like uh, uh, VHS box set that I had growing up. Sure, uh, not the gold one, the no, one right. before that, the one that I had too. Yes, the, and 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 it's one. It's you know, the thing that people like like to forget is that immediately after Star Wars came out, uh, George Lucas already was making changes. Like you can't really find the theatrical release anywhere because right. it just doesn't exist. Have you heard of the D Specialized Edition? Because I only was just yes. recently made aware of it. Yes, it's it a very looks interesting. Dope. <laughs> yeah, it looks really, really interesting, and I want to, I want that. Um, but so, like, one of my first notes was that I just, I took a couple notes because there's some things that stood out to me. But it was like there were just weird little things that felt different or off in this movie, and it was just because I had never seen them with the like small little CGI nudges of like, like just certain things, like the freaking. Uh, 
uh, tauntauns and all that stuff. Right. Um, like, it, and it was always like such small stuff and it didn't, didn't matter. But I was like, this is interesting. Cause I've never actually seen this version of the movie before. And I mean, whenever I was like a, a younger, you know, more foolhardy man, I liked to get upset about all the changes, but I was like, they didn't really affect my enjoyment of the movie. Cause there's nothing, Yeah. at least in this one, there's nothing like, I don't know, like in the, one of the special editions were like in Jabba's palace when there's like that whole CGI like song dancing right. lady. Right. I'm like that, that takes away from it. But in this, I didn't notice anything it, that stood it out to me. It is by far the least egregiously affected movie by all the tinkering. Yeah. Like and it's some just of the a... fixes like make it in fact look better. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, like the fact that they didn't have Ian McDiarmid cast as the emperor yet. And they cobbled together a bunch of different faces, including one of a chimpanzee to make the emperor in the emperor scene um, is very interesting to me. But the fact that then they replaced him with the emperor and they replaced Boba Fett's voice with tomorrow Morrison from the, the right. prequels that like, sucks kind of but but they're fixes that overall add to it being a six movie piece yes it, it enhances the holistic idea of star wars right um which i i understand wanting to go back and change those things once you actually have like i don't know once once those things are actually put in place um but yeah, yeah. it does kind of suck but i don't know but it's, it's... definitely the ones that made me go like the least Yes. Like I rewatched a, 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 a New Hope and and like just everything in Moss Eisley is stupid. Like I know it's the Greedo <laughs> scene that people like key into, but like all the like big ass monsters that walk in front of the camera and like right. block your view entirely for like a second at a time <laughs> or like floating droids with the stormtroopers, like that didn't add anything. <laughs> it's like those. It's like those. It's like those monsters and droids like were extras that were trying to get a little more screen time. Like they're like, if I can only get on screen, like I know I'm gonna get like George is gonna love me. And it's, right. It's not good. It's not good. But you're right because that isn't in this movie as much. And there were a couple other things I want to get into later that I think this movie is made more interesting by other uh, by the prequels in a weird mm-hmm. way. But um, we can get into that a little bit later because. Uh, I don't think it's time to get that deep yet, but <laughs> the, but this is just a, gosh, the, it's a good movie. The entire first like 30 minutes are just nonstop. Yeah. And like the dialogue is great. You get some great lines like scruffy look, looking nerf herders in this. Who's scruffy looking? And freaking, I love you. I know is in this. Like there's so many iconic moments that I like sometimes, the original trilogy, just some of them sort of blend together in my mind about what happens where. And I'm like, dang, the script for this was airtight. Yeah, it's it's Which, really, really like good dialogue. Because I, I also rewatched all the prequels. I've been just watching them in like chronological order, which I've never really done. And uh, man, I, people kind of give uh, Hayden Christensen shit. And, and to some extent, even Natalie Portman. And they just were not given a script no, to work with. Yeah, like, it's dog shit. Like, that's why Ewan McGregor and uh, Ian McDermott and some of the elder statesmen can sell... Like, like they're, they're just more practiced actors, but, like, they're sure. not working with good material. <laughs> like... Yeah. It, and they... it was so rough. And this movie is, like, the, the, the dialogue is not lacking 
in the no. way that it does, even in A New Hope, let alone the prequels. Right, and you have this is I think this is this one you have story by George Lucas, but not like the screenplay by right. George Lucas. So this one's like I feel like this is so okay. Two things to bring it back to the premise of our show: the fact that it is such an airtight script is like a little bit stars, but also a little bit not because this is sort of the gold standard for like how do you honestly how do you write a good uh, adventure sequel and also how do you write a good Star Wars? But like not every Star Wars is like that right no this is um, gonna be a tough episode for me because it is such a good movie and good movies do not a star wars make necessarily <laughs> right this There's is probably like, this more is the... bad movies that are star wars movies than there are good movies that are star wars movies yes and this is sort of like this is like the aspirational star wars movie yeah where it's like this is what star wars can be whenever everybody's kind of firing on all cylinders um yeah okay so let's just i think and, okay also this is a great example of how the original trilogy uh was so good in general because it was george lucas's like vision but then a lot of people behind yes. the scenes and because like you, you got directed by Irvin kirshner uh lee brackett lawrence Kasdan wrote the screenplay george lucas was epn and also wrote the story so like you've got this great and then all the people um uh, uh doing the effects behind right. the scenes um and so the like it's that sort of movie by committee that can sometimes uh kill a, a big blockbuster depending on the committee but but that also kept the prequels from being as good is because you had george lucas sort of having uh maybe too much uh creative control and so, the, and so the, once again, it's a pro in the Star Wars column of how Star Wars can be really good whenever everybody comes together and works together. But also it's a con because sometimes, because that's not what every Star Wars movie is. Right. Like if the Star Wars chili were really tasty, this would be like the sole ingredient as to why. And this would be a 10 out of 10. But the Star Wars chili is just sort of like a passable chili that you might get at like a high school baseball game. Right. And like sometimes it's exactly what you want whenever you're at a high school baseball game, but then some, like when you're at a restaurant and then they gave you that, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I ordered a chili. This is like a weird meat sauce. Yeah. What is um, this, a skyline chili? Dude, hey, hey, Cincinnati. everyone, everyone who lives in Ohio, if I can put you on blast, your chili sucks. <laughs> no, you know what? I freaking love skyline chili. So that was just kind of a funny joke. Uh, for I'm I'm not joking because I ate at Skyland Chili whenever Anarchy uh are the team that me and Mike are on that I, we never perform uh together on anymore because <laughs> I am <laughs> like technically on the team but don't live near the and place you're, yeah and you're also technically not a Chicago resident <laughs> right I don't even live there like technically my legal address is there but also it's not because all my mail is being forwarded but anyway um but yeah we were doing some like festival down there and then they were like oh we gotta stop at skyline i was like what is that and they're like you've never had it and i was like no because i'm not from the midwest and then we went there and i can see how if skyline chili had been a part of my life my entire life i would enjoy it oh that's but the for... only way that anybody likes skyline <laughs> yeah for the uninitiated skyline chili is like a chain that is sort of an ohio chain if i understand correctly yeah, it's from cincinnati originally yeah, and it's uh, this sort of terrible uh, affront to God because basically you've got a bed of spaghetti, all right? So it's spaghetti. Or That's a hot best. dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. The hot dog's fine. The spaghetti is the one that freaks me out. So you've you got the spaghetti, and then they put on this, like, 
fine. Like it tastes good, but it's a very like watery meat sauce chili. Like it's very thin and liquidy. And then they put on about they, they like weigh how much that weighs, like the mass of it, and then they put that much more cheese on top of it. And then you can also get like onions and beans and whatever the fuck on top. And so I was like, sure, I'll try this. And I did. And it like everything tasted good, but my mind couldn't like cons- like bring together the idea <laughs> that like chili the, was like on when spaghetti. Uh, Heinz made green ketchup and purple ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like my brain was like, no, 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 no. This doesn't go together. Your gag reflex is going to start going. But my tongue was like, well, it tastes fine though. Like it's all. It's fine. It's just like a weird spaghetti. And my brain was like, no, no, you're going to go shit right now because this is not good. You hate it. And I was like, it, it just the component parts did not match up in my brain. We and should so, do how Star Wars is Skyline Chili. Speaking of component parts. I was going to say it's very much like uh, episode two, Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. It, it, all the things ought to be good. They just are executed in a way that like, well, if I'm really drunk and I'm 20, this would be excellent. <laughs> Right. And like, I, I get it because every place has their regionalisms. Like when I tried to explain Skyline Chili I to somebody, I think in Chicago or like, or someone wherever I said, oh, it's like Frito pie. And they were like, what's Frito pie? And I was like, well, that's whenever you've got a bed of Fritos and then you put chili on top of it and like cheese and onions or whatever the fuck. And they're like, well, that sounds kind of good. You and didn't I'll, call that a called... walking taco? Yeah. That's like a th- another thing that people call it. Uh if you put it in like a bag or whatever, because there's like a place and there's like a couple places in Chicago that sell those. But down in Texas, we call it Frito Pie, and you get it out of the concession stand over at the football game, and then it's really messy, and you're like, "Why did I get this?" But spaghetti, though. Anyway, I digress. On this show. About, on this show. In this economy. Uh, also, the uh, uh, one of my notes that I have is, "Yeah, Christian hell." <laughs> Because Han Solo does say, well, I'll see you in hell in this. Right. Which raises a lot of questions with the whole sort of, you know, cosmological uh, rules in Star Wars. Right. Or is hell a planet? Could be. So, uh, I, I a thought that I had while watching this movie was... Um, Tell me. Man, this is one of the only moments in all goddamn almost nine of these, well, nine at the time of this airing, that... There's a war in Star Wars. That's true. You actually get to see like a fight, like a real like actual the, and, war and fight. And like the, the goal of that first battle is like hold off the bad guys long enough so that we can evacuate. Like it's not like um well, it's to not that like end, for it's... glory or anything. It's just sort of like um operational, you know, like, oh, we gotta get people off this planet, we're under attack. But it's 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 like you know what I mean? It's not like yes. pretty. It's not like storming Normandy beaches. It's like, oh, yes. let's all get out. And the way we have to do that is like stall for time. <laughs> yes. To, to that end, like the only time we see conflict in the original trilogy, like the war part of Star Wars is like the end battle where something uh, dramatic happens in order to deliver a devastating blow to the bad guys. Yes. Yes. And like that's Which is more of like, um, what if like... Uh, what if when Reggie Miller scored eight points in six seconds for the Indiana Pacers or whatever that stat is, what if that were like with guns, you know, yes. like it's more just like, what if like a hero did a heroic thing as opposed to like a bunch of soldiers fighting a war? Right. It's not so much. Yes. And even not that the... soldiers fighting a war are not heroes doing heroic things. I just mean like, it's not as, um, no, it's not self-centered. as self-centered. <laughs> it's not as sensationalist because even the, even like the main trio, 
are like not getting to be necessarily the stars of this whole fight. Yes, right. Like Luke is a little bit because he's like, you know, survives and is resourceful and like takes down a couple walkers. But Han and Leia the whole time are just running. Like, right. Well, and right before that, Luke wasn't all that heroic. He had to go to sleep inside of an animal. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's what I'll say, though. Okay, okay, okay. Taking a... Divorcing myself from the uh, sort of mystique of Empire Strikes Back as a very good movie. And talking about some of the things we talked about in Star Wars, uh, about how, like, so many of their plans are just... get Like, they only succeed because of dumb luck. Yes. This this movie is guilty of that as well. Like Empire Strikes Back is an amazing movie and I'm not going to say it's not, but it absolutely is I think just as guilty of those like lucky plot uh like twists, not twists, but like things happen that it's like it's very good that that happened because otherwise they would have lost. And like case in point, the entire first half of the movie is just like Luke getting in a, a bad situation and being very lucky and you could argue force led like the force might have led Han to find him or whatever. Right. And then, but then like, he's uh, lucky in that sense uh, that he gets found and doesn't uh, freeze to death. He like, they're lucky that the, uh, uh, that he doesn't get killed during the ATAT walkers thing. Cause a bunch of the other pilots do get killed. And we're lucky that Han and Leia get off the planet. Like a lot of the sort of contrivances that, um, that like, for instance, and this is something that I, have seen talked about uh, amongst some people whose Star Wars opinions I respect, like me and Mike, uh, who were like cool, <laughs> cool Star Wars fans. But you have like the people who like to complain about the new series, about how like uh, Ray uh, is like too much, like is too good at the Force too quickly, and like sure. like she's like too um, uh, too good at stuff, and so like she's like a Mary Sue or whatever. But then like the exact same argument could be made about Luke. And I think that this movie is a great example of that because you have Luke pulling off stuff that like, honestly, he shouldn't be able to pull off with the amount of training and yeah, experience right. that he, we know he that he has He shouldn't have been point. able to destroy the Death Star either. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Like that was the big thing in the first one. We're like, wow, that's impressive. But then like in this, in, literally in the first like 45 minutes of the second one, we see him like single-handedly take down an AT-AT, right. which is supposed to be able to take down entire like squadrons of like you know soldiers and he does it by himself yeah. and, and so like I, I think that this like people like okay I'm less saying that Empire Strikes Back is guilty of uh, what people like to criticize other Star Wars movies for and more saying that like it invented every it. Star Wars movie <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. every Star Wars movie does yes. this and the fact that like we like to that people like to complain about it and you know especially for Ray because it's the great sexism that all these good Star Wars, you know, cool Star Wars fans have is so stupid because literally the best Star Wars movie, the one that we put above everything else, has so many examples yeah. of Luke being like such a classic Mary Sue. The character. odds of successfully like, navigating you... a an asteroid field are three thousand seven hundred and twenty to one. Yet they managed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, also that I love 3, that three thousand seven hundred and nineteen other ships must have gone in there that day. <laughs> Right, I love like we we've talked about that before. Like, how does how does three PO have these this knowledge and what is this supercomputer? Oh yeah, uh, right. But yeah, you're like, right. The, the fact that he the, um, the odds of success slash versus what actually happens being a sort of trope of Star Wars, I think that gives this movie major points. 
Absolutely. And also, I think it's interesting because at one point, R2 says the odds for something and 3PO translates, right. which leads me to wonder, like, how often is R2 the one actually and saying it? And then 3 is like, just letting you guys know. R2's like, dude, this is fucked up. We're all going to die. And 3PO's like, did you guys know that the odds are this or this isn't that? Speaking of ventriloquist, I um, have on this show in the past done um, whatever, like, uh, half-baked uh, impression I have kind of going in my life. Uh, at that moment, <laughs> and uh, we recently just rewatched Chicago, and uh, my newest impression is Roxy Hart, but as being voiced slash puppeted by Billy Flynn, aka Richard Gere, <laughs> in that one scene, you know, and the we both reach for the gun scene. Yeah, yeah, sure. And this sure. is the impression from my bureau. <laughs> it's not so much an impression Wait, as I'm, it I'm is gonna... just a line in the song, kind of in the voice. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and But it always isolate. makes me laugh. I'm going to go ahead and isolate that for your demo reel and send it to you. Because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not, just, 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 just for you. I'll make it sound real nice. Um, That's okay, the only couple... reason I'm doing this podcast is to make a voiceover <laughs> reel so I can, you know, read ad copy for fucking like, whoever. Like, like what some beer company. Um, okay. This is something that I thought was interesting that I want to run by you and see if you have any ideas for it. Because so I, having watched a lot of Star Wars shit recently the both of us um there are some things from the other movies prequels and new ones alike that i think make some parts of this movie of empire more interesting in a way okay yeah uh one that's sort of a throwaway one uh that i don't want to get super into is when 3po is trying to help uh, when they're like on the asteroid and 3po is like trying to talk to the computer or whatever He's like, I don't oh, know. Uh-huh. He's like, this computer is a strange dialect. I don't know strange where it dialect. learned all this stuff. And it's learned like, learned it that... from Fleabag. <laughs> right? I know. I'm like, well, that's Phoebe Waller Bridge. <laughs> yeah. But like, that was kind of interesting because I was like, that makes, that weirdly retrospectively makes that make sense because if that uh, uh, character's conscious, that robot's consciousness is like in the Falcon, like she, you know, pro- or it or whatever, probably wouldn't be super good at con- conversing because it was kind of a caustic personality to begin with. Right, and now it's trying to be a ship. Right. So that was like that was like a throwaway one that I was like, oh, that kind of that that sort of context actually makes me kind of enjoy that a little more because I'm like, that's kind of interesting. Like that's fun. Yeah, it is kind of cool. Um, the other one being the Yoda, <laughs> and I think I've seen people write about this before, but like how fucking buck wild Yoda is whenever Luke first meets him on Dagobah <laughs> is so great. Whenever you know that he's like. Like, you've seen him in the prequels. And in the prequels, he's a little bit playful, but he's mostly just this, like, very wise... No, in the prequels, he sucks. He's, like, serious. Yeah, he's very serious, very wise, and just sort of, like, a sage, like, monk. And so, like, (laughs) the idea that... Okay, two possibilities, right? One Possibility one being, like, uh, Yoda's doing this sort of as a test for Luke, uh, which kind of, I think, you see later in the movie. Like, he sort of drops... It seems like it's maybe an act a little bit. Um, Uh Uh-huh. But my my preferred theory is like you will be. Yeah, my preferred theory is that this is how Yoda would be all the time if he, like during the prequels if he didn't have to be like a Jedi master <laughs> that he's just buck wild and like feral and doesn't give a fuck. He's just like a weirdo. <laughs> he's just like a really weirdo, but he had to be normal once he became a Jedi cuz he was like I'm very wise and I have people depending on me. And as soon as he didn't have people depending on him, he had to live by himself for like 20 years. He was like, "I can be the monster I always wanted to be." <laughs> and I actually like that way more. 
the monster. <laughs> like, he's so funny in that first scene. He's, like, stealing stuff. He's sticking his little butt out. He's, like, hitting R2 with a stick. It's so fun. It's yeah, so he's, good. he's really great. Anyway, I don't know if there's any other examples from this movie, but those are just a couple of things that, like, came like came up when I watched this time. Where I was like, the context of the grit. Like, I don't like the way that they necessarily portrayed Yoda in the prequels because I think he is kind of boring but it almost makes that scene with Yoda even more fun to think that like he's just fu- either he's just fucking with Luke or this is his true nature right and either one of those I really really enjoy it is super of course obnoxious that they're playing it as a reveal uh, obviously not at the time it wasn't but the fact that the prequels have now completely undermined the Yoda reveal yes right like you already know like this is how it's gonna be because you know how what Yoda's actual character is. Yeah. But if you watch him in the like whatever uh, release order, you still get that fun sort of uh, reveal or whatever. The, yes. Um. But yeah, I don't know if there's any other examples of that, but those were the ones that like jumped out to me. This viewing. well, I've got one. Um, okay, hit of, me of those. So in the Mandalorian episode, yeah. I want to say three. Oh yeah, no, it was absolutely three because that was the episode that we covered when I was a guest on the Star Wars Loose Cannon podcast. Shout out uh-huh. to those guys. Their miniseries on covering uh, The Mandalorian, Ride the Blurg, is, I imagine, over now because this is January. So, yeah. Uh, wasn't the finale so great? <laughs> it was great. We haven't seen it yet, everybody. That's a joke. Um, we'll talk about The Mandalorian later. <laughs> We will. We'll but, have a whole Mandalorian. Uh, but in that episode, working. when he's given the bounty prize of all that Beskar steel, it's in an ice cream maker like the one being oh, carried by yeah. Will Rowe Hood in the evacuation of Bespin. I, I forgot about that. I, re- I remember seeing that in like some like article in like the AV Club or something where it was like, it finally just like explains this thing. It's I'm just like, like a great. crate where you carry expensive, priceless things. Yeah, it's just like a weird little safe. And it looks yeah. like a little ice cream maker. Yeah. Oh, there was something else in The Mandalorian that this... Oh, yes. This is our first introduction of, of Boba Fett. Um, Unless you watch Empire the Christmas special or the special right. edition. <laughs> or the prequels. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Sorry. Yes. Okay. In in linear time as we know it, this would have been the first theatrical like, <laughs> experience with Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I didn't realize, like, I was actually doing some reading earlier. I did not realize that Boba Fett's first introduction was in the Christmas special. Yeah. Which is, or the holiday special, whatever. That's wild. Have you seen That's it? wild that George Lucas thought that that was going to be the avenue in which to introduce this, like, cool, fun character. Well, it was. I mean, it, like, worked. People were all, like, crazy for this new, cool-looking character. And, like, they made an action figure of him. And people were like, we don't know who this is, but we got to get it. Yeah, and also, like, someone I was... Re- so, we'll get into this more in our episodes about The Mandalorian, but, like, I was reading some stuff about just the di- like the differing history and, like, the expanded universe and stuff versus, like, now in comics and how, like, Mandalorian history has changed a bunch, but, like, mostly the idea was that Boba Fett probably isn't one because they just, like, stole right. the armor. And the idea that Jango Fett isn't one and just, like, has the armor or whatever. Um, but that's not necessarily... I guess, I guess the, the newer stuff can increase your enjoyment or change the context of like some of those Boba Fett scenes in these original movies a little bit. Um, but eh, it's kind of in the theme of what we were just talking about, I suppose, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, what else do you have to say about this good movie? 
Yeah, so it's very good, and there is war in it, which mm-hmm. is maybe subtracting a point. So, like, the point that it got for being um, just as much of an offender of um, luck and fate and all that, uh, being Star Wars, the point is being removed for how... Um, for how much war there is. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you might um, think there's a lot of war in a Star Wars, but hey, you're wrong. I got I love all the scenes with like the upper management of the empire, you know, yes, like all the captains all just getting and admirals. Murdered. They're all so good. They're all such like cowards. <laughs> yes. So I I will say that this this is neither here nor there for points, but um for for how Star Wars it is, that is. But um when I was watching it, I was watching it one night that I was just home by myself and there were probably 20 minutes left and Caitlin got home and uh, she just sat and watched the rest with me. But she hasn't really, she's seen the original one but hasn't seen the others and doesn't really care. Sure. And uh, and the lightsaber duel where Luke and Vader are fighting each other has five <laughs> five separate instances that somebody just like falls down <laughs> yes and uh while we were watching it like uh i i was just watching and it was just so funny because the the commentary in the background from caitlin who hadn't seen it was just so funny to me was she would just go oh bye <laughs> whenever anyone would fall just like bye see ya and so like Luke falls in the carbonite hole mm-hmm. and she goes, bye. <laughs> and then he jumps out and then he blasts Vader with the like fog and Vader falls down and she's like, bye. <laughs> and at this point, a pattern has been established. And now I'm just like completely ripe for the, <laughs> like the comedy. And so it happened like three more times. Like Luke gets sucked out through the window that gets broken mm-hmm. and you just see him sort of fall away. And she's like, bye. <laughs> and, and like it, then he of course falls down and uh he lands inside that little tube and then he falls out of that onto the little weather vane and just every single time this bye. little faint from behind me bye <laughs> you know and it really made it fun to watch like it it made me laugh because i know she just couldn't care less <laughs> <laughs> so i i i had a, a thought while watching the lightsaber fight today where I was like this this lightsaber fight is already so much better than the lightsaber fight we saw in A New Hope um, oh it's the best lightsaber fight it's really good I think it's only made I think it's only uh, a best one in the uh, original trilogy probably between two people with lightsabers uh, that's the that's the asterisk yes yes because there's like some real I think one of the best uh, action set pieces in the original trilogy is probably like the Jabba's palace like the whole thing is really cool with like what Luke is doing uh, with right. his lightsaber. And then, of course, the the guards in Last Jedi is the best ever piece of film. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> that has ever been put, uh, that has ever been on put celluloid. onto, yeah, ever. It's just so fucking good. Um, and also, I, I would like the Darth Maul fight in episode one is also like oh, really, yeah, really, good. really good. But so I was, like, I was just not thinking. not as good as this, but it's also good. I was just thinking when you were saying how Kate likes with that, I want, because like, you know, the constraints of filmmaking at the time having them fall into different areas was probably just a nice way for them to be like, and now we get to move to a slightly different set piece because yes. we can't just follow them with the cameras 
like we or put CGI stuff like we get to do in the prequels or whatever. And those like huge bit like, for instance, in that Darth Maul fight, like that fight yeah, spans like a bunch things. of different areas. <laughs> and so like having them conveniently fall from place to place <laughs> is like funny once <laughs> right. once someone's saying bye in the background, but was probably bye. just a very practical way for them to be like, and now we're in a new area. And, <laughs> and Darth Vader can pull another thing off the wall to hit Luke with it. Right. Um, should we go to the pit real quick? Yeah, I suppose we should. I'm okay with this episode being a little long since it's... I uh, just had the same thought. Yeah, since this is a Star Wars-specific episode, I'm okay with it being a little long. But we can go yeah. to the pit, and I got a game... Uh, and I got a game coming up that I think you're really going to enjoy. I think from here on out, when we go to the pit, we ought to go, bye. <laughs> okay, I love that. <laughs> well, let's go to the pit. Okay, it's time to go to the Sarlacc pit. Bye. Bye. <laughs> And we're back. And we're back. And we're back. And we're back. Uh, what's up? Hi. Welcome back from the break, everybody. Um, Should we come back from the Sarlacc pit by going hi, hi, <laughs> hi? Just a real soft hi. <laughs> um. Okay, Mike, so I got a game for you. Yes, yes, yes. So, Mike, it is a well-known fact, and we've established it even in this very episode, that The Empire Strikes Back is a sequel that is better than the original, uh, or at least widely considered to be a better movie than the original movie. Yes. So, this is a distinction that is not held by very many sequels in Hollywood, in Hollyweird, as it were. Most as of the, it weird. As it weird. And Holly weird as it weird. Most of the time, <laughs> these sequels, they're not very good, you know? People don't like them. Just a real bald-faced cash grab. Yeah, everyone's making sequels and remakes, and no one's got any original ideas. And so when there are sequels that are good, or dare I say, better than the original, it is Ooh. a uh, novelty. It is an achievement. And it is the focus of today's game, which is called Sequel Showdown. Oh. So in this game, Mike, I'm going to give you two sequels uh, of movies. Um, sometimes they are in the same franchise. Sometimes they are in uh, what I consider to be sort of equivalent franchises, depending on them. And uh, you are going to tell me which of the two sequels is considered to be the better sequel than the original <laughs> okay. okay actually sorry sorry not better than the original because some of them are better than the original so them aren't but these two sequels i'm going to give you each time you have to tell me which one is the better movie of the of the two of the two yes yeah, and so it. like de depending on most of the time these you are might sequels. be like iron man 2 and guardians of the galaxy 2 right okay and just as a general statement in g in general most of these movies are considered to be better than the original there's very few exceptionals but I am worried about which one of these is better than the other the sequels, other. Okay? okay? All right, so the Godfather series of films. Mm. Famously, Godfather 2 is uh, very good and the first sequel to win a Best Picture award and is uh, apparently better than the first one. But can you... T oh, it, sorry, I forgot to set this up. <laughs> We're going to be using the Rotten Tomatoes scores to decide what is better. So the, oh, the I Rotten see. Tomatoes... It's not just what are you thinking. Right. This is not these are riddles. We're using <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Uh -huh. uh, so the Rotten Tomatoes critic score is what we're going to be going by here. Got it. Um, so Godfather 2 is famously very, very good. Godfather 3 is also pretty good. But which one is better according to Rotten Tomatoes? So which are the two? Godfather 2 and what? 
and Godfather 3. So Godfather oh, Part oh, 2 oh. or Godfather Part 3. Which it's one is be a... Godfather 2. You're correct. Started out with a softball. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to give... Godfather Part 3 sort of said to be not great? Like, Yeah, it's period. not as good. Yeah. It's not as good. Um, I'm not going to give you the actual ratings because I have a closing uh, bonus question. Oh, oh, oh okay. Um, that will really, really nail it. But I will tell you that the audience and uh, critic score for Godfather 2 are exactly the same, which is mm. cool. And for Godfather 69. 3, the audience actually enjoyed it a little more. Yeah, just assume all the numbers are 69. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so next, Spider-Man 2, uh, widely considered to be uh, even better than the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man. We're talking the Sam Raimi trilogy. Sure, Spider-Man and of course, fa- you at home can check out the How Star Wars Is It episode on yes, Spider-Man 2 that and we then... released in time to uh, to go see the new Spider-Man 2, the third yes. Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man Which Man is 6? Spider-Man Far From Home, which <laughs> is the other one on the list. So uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, it, most a lot of people think it's better than Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, some I didn't people even think see it's... it. <laughs> it's pretty good. But I'm asking you, yes, which according is to Rotten Tomatoes, movie? which is a better movie, Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man Far From Home? I'm going to say the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2. You are correct, but yes! only by a margin of three. Spider-Man 2 only beat Damn. it by three percentage points. Well, I guess I got to see it. Old Jill and, and audiences actually enjoyed Spider-Man Far From Home more than Spider-Man 2, apparently. Whoa. Which you will find that to be the case very frequently here. It's kind of wild. Okay. We're moving on to the Fast and the Furious franchise. Have not seen any of them. Me neither, but <laughs> the... So whenever they sort of revamped the franchise and brought all the characters together and put the rock in there, that was in Fast Five. Many people said it was like a rejuvenation uh, of the genre, or not the genre, of the franchise. So Fast Five or Furious Seven, which I believe was the last one featuring Paul Walker and actually got pretty good reviews. But which one, both better than the originals mm. outings, but which one is a better movie according to Rotten Tomatoes? Um... And once again, you haven't seen any no, of those. No, that's so right. So just the logic what. I'm going to employ is um, that of the Mission Impossible franchise, which is they just keep getting better. So I'm going to say <laughs> Furious 7. You're correct. Yes! <laughs> and Mission Impossible almost made it on this list because a lot of the recent Mission Impossibles have been like very, very good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it almost got on here. But yeah, Fast Five... Uh, is these ones are pretty equal, but Fury Seven is slightly was slightly better reviewed than Fast Five. Um, all right, this one, Mike, is very tricky. Okay, right. Toy Story Two mm. and Toy Story Three, Ooh, both incredible films that changed people's lives, set up childhoods for happiness and sadness for an entire generation. Mm-hmm. Both both arguably better than the original. Toy Story, which is also a great film in its own right. Which one, though, is better according to Rotten Tomatoes? So I'm going to fully disagree and say that Toy Story 1 is the best. Um, <laughs> That's a crazy simply, thing to say. Okay. Simply because legs, you're with death. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, forgot about our t- I forgot about our Toy Story episode. <laughs> uh, the one where we just talked about being little kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, really cute. I'm going to say... Um, critics were more gaga for Toy Story 3. Okay. Mike, you're wrong. Fart. 
Toy Story 2 actually is two points better than Toy Story 3, according to critics, but wow. it's the reverse in order for the audience score. So audiences oh. actually like Toy Story 3 a little more. Wow. I was really worried that like some of these answers were going to like really hurt my soul with like what people thought were good, but mostly it's fine. Uh, <laughs> which I'm, I, I'm trying to look up the Toy Story Rotten Tomatoes score right now because I need to know how it stacks up to see if the critics agree with you. But we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep moving. Um, or are we? Because I think my internet is fast mm. enough. Let's see. Uh, oh, it's not. All right, here we go. Mad Max, the original wasteland warrior, fun flick. Everyone's loving it. But then Mad Max Road Warrior came out, and everyone was like, "That was even better." They like amped it all up to a hundred billion. That was really good. And uh-huh. then decades later, Mad Max Free Road came out, and everyone was like, "That was also really good." Right. So, oh, oh, Mike, you're right. Toy Story actually has an equal rating to Toy Story 2. Uh, so Hell yeah. You're, you're correct. But anyway, so Mad Max Free Road or Mad Max Road Warrior, which one has a higher score? Which one's the so better I guess score? I'm going to say again, I haven't seen any of these, but I know that people were just so freaking horny for Mad Max Fury Road. So I'm going to say Fury Road was the better. You're correct by yes. two points. Wow. Uh, yeah, Road Warrior is, is is right up there. And actually, Road Warrior has a higher audience score than Fury Road. Which, dude, you gotta see Fury Road. It was so fucking good. I know. That's what I keep hearing. It was like the best movie I saw that year. Maybe the best movie I've see, I saw, I've, I saw this like decade. That's a crazy thing to say. All right, moving on. So, we're looking at the X-Men universe now. Mm, X3 to Last Stand. Whatever your question is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> Logan, uh, oh, R-rated, sure. intense, uh, revamped sort of the Wolverine franchise of bad films and actually made a good one. Uh, X-Men 2, X-Men United sort of cemented the X-Men series as a force to be reckoned with and improved upon pretty much everything in the original. Which one, though, is a better sequel? Wow. Um, hmm. I feel like movie critics are super, like, into westerns just because they were, like, the first movies. <laughs> so I'm going to say Logan. You are correct. This one's actually a pretty big uh, disparity, uh, comparatively speaking. Logan yeah. is about eight points uh, better reviewed than okay. uh, X2. But X2, uh, pretty dang good. Okay, so I don't know if you've heard of The Lord of the Rings, you nerd. But... <laughs> Pretty much everyone loved them all. According to the Matrix episode, I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) But everyone loves them and also thought that both of these sequels were better than The Fellowship of the Ring, which also was still pretty dang good. So, But which one was better, Two Towers or Return of the King? I'm having a hard time with this one because Return of the King won the Oscar, but it sort of won the Oscar for like the entire effort that was the Mm -hmm. franchise. As Um, happens Because... Two Towers was my favorite, but am I a critic or an audience? That's a good question. The answer, an audience. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm going to have to, you know, like when you're filling out a March Madness bracket, sometimes you got to go with your team as opposed to the one that is definitely going to beat them, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to say Two Towers. You're correct. Yeah, 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 that's my boy. Two Towers towers actually higher in audience and critic. uh, Nice. Somewhat surprisingly, to me at least. All right, we're going to well, another... Well, it only had one ending. That's true, that's true. Uh, going to another <laughs> franchise, Harry Potter. So the first two Harry Potter films were kind of mediocre fare. They were fine, they were whatever. 
Uh, Prisoner of Azkaban was the first one that sort of broke the mold and showed that these movies could be actual movies. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, but is Prisoner of Azkaban, uh, Azkaban? Whoa. Azkaban, the better sequel, or is the finale, Deathly Hallows Part 2, oh, which dear. culminated the entire story uh, into one big extravaganza? Which one is the better sequel, according to Rotten Tomatoes? Speaking again from a sort of film critic point of view, uh, the third one, Prisoner of Azkaban, has more of a sort of auteur uh, approach to it and every movie after like four just kind of looks like a Marvel movie so I'm going <laughs> to say Prisoner of Azkaban you are actually incorrect which I Damn. was also surprised by I thought Azkaban would be higher up because of its sort of auteurness but no Deathly Hallows beats it by six points wow yeah. probably because that cool animation yeah <laughs> that weird animation part that for that one part of the movie so weird uh, all right, going to the Marvel Universe, like you said, Marvel movies, uh, two sequels that changed the game and revamped their sort of uh, series, individual series, Thor Ragnarok or Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh, man, that's a bummer for me because, again, I got to kind of go with my my team. Mm -hmm. um, that's interesting. I, I I wonder what the answer is because I'm thinking of... I, as a critic, I went and saw all the Marvel movies, and I've seen all these clunker Thors, and then I go see <laughs> Thor Ragnarok, and just the fact that it was a fun movie would make me go, well, damn, that was great. <laughs> but I think it's got to be Winter Soldier, because just like Westerns, it seems as though film critics are super horny for like 70s uh, presidential political thriller kind of things. Sure. Well, you're wrong. It is Thor Ragnarok. Uh, by three points. It's a close game this time. Uh, but yeah, Thor Ragnarok slightly better reviewed than Cadmeric Winter Soldier, but both of them considered better than their original outings. Right. Uh, only, okay, this is the last one. And then I have a bonus question for you. Hell yeah. All right. Empire Strikes Back. The, uh, the original better sequel, mm. uh, if you will. Change the game. Submitted Star Wars as a force to be reckoned with. Or The Last Jedi. Similarly, a better sequel than the original. Uh, very controversial in its time. Which one? Mm -hmm. Higher score on Rotten Tomatoes. Better sequel. Right, because neither of them were initially praised as much as they are now. Or, or, you know, as much as I do now for Last Jedi. And as much as Empire is, like, universally praised now. But... I feel like Last Jedi suffered from people trolling it, and that certainly would affect audience score, but I feel like even if I were some schmuck who had a press pass and could count my review, I, I think Empire. You're right. Empire Strikes Back beats Last Jedi by four points. Uh, Last Jedi also holds the honor on this list of being the one with the greatest disparity between the uh, critic score and audience score. Oh, wow. Uh, so... Uh, real quick, uh, The Last Jedi has a critic score of 91. Uh, Empire Strikes Back has a critic score of 95. Wow. Uh, audience score of 97 for Empire. Audience score of 43 for Last Jedi. Yeah, that's so crazy. Which is also uh, Rotten Tomatoes like changed their policy after Last Jedi because now wow. people, people can't like spam things uh, before the movie comes out for uh -huh. audience reviews because that's what people did for Last Jedi, which is probably also part of the reason why it still has such a low score. Right. But anyway, so here's the bonus question. All these are pretty good movies except for apparently Godfather 3. Yeah. <laughs> 
but which one has can you can you tell me which one has the highest critic score of all the very good sequels comparatively that I've listed today. Okay, so there was there was uh I'll give you I'll give you the list of the best ones oh, okay. that that won. Okay. Uh-huh. So Godfather 2, Spider-Man 2, the Sam Raimi, uh Furious 7, Toy Story 2. Um oh, I think I skipped that one. Oh well. I was going to do the I tried to I forgot to do the I skipped two of them. I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, we're going to do them real quick. Well, the game was long enough. But uh so the ones I accidentally <laughs> skipped were The Dark Knight. Oh, sure. The ones I accidentally skipped were The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Returns, which Dark Knight is better. Joy. And then uh, the I did Aliens and then Terminator 2. Uh, <laughs> okay. And Aliens actually is better than Terminator okay. 2. Um, so those one. And then Mad Max, Fury Road, Logan, Two Towers, Deathly Hallows Part 2, Thor Ragnarok, Empire Strikes Back. Which one has the highest score of the critics hmm. score. be hard pressed to beat a 95 with empire mm-hmm. um so that's in the running <laughs> um and then godfather 2 and lord of the rings are are sticking in my head as well um i'm gonna just Take a wild friggin' guess and say the two towers. Legs, you're with Ducky. Uh, <laughs> Toy Story 2 has 100% for what? critics. What? Which is equal to Toy Story 1, which has 100% Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It is the best reviewed movie I've ever seen. Apparently. Of all time. <laughs> Maybe of all time. There's not a lot of ones with hundreds and Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 1 both have 100%. And Toy Story 3 is 98, which is like right behind. Yeah. It. What it's a loser. Wild. I know. Right. Come on. Uh, the second place is actually Aliens, which wow. has 99. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I had a fun time diving into Rotten Tomatoes, which is so such a strange, weird, really weird place, like website. And the, and honest, obviously, like this is just a sort of arbitrary metric that we've all decided like will work. Uh, but right. also, just a, a small thing that I wanted to share when I was looking at it. So the Godfather two, uh, like on Rotten Tomatoes, there's little blurbs like on the about the critics' consensus about the movie. So uh, let me read you the uh, Godfather Part two. Drawing on strong performances by Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, De Niro Francis Ford Coppola's, I can't say any names, continuing continuation of Mario Puzo's Mafia Saga set new standards for sequels that have yet to be matched or mm. broken. Mm. And so that last line made me laugh because they have yet to be matched or broken. And then it has 97%. And then Toy Story 2 has 100. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Rotten Tomatoes, your own sight is saying that this has, yes, been matched and also broken. Like, you can't just put that in your little copy when your own site is well, saying that it's not true. Did they mean that, like, the difference between the first installment and the second in a series, that improvement has never been broken? Because a going from a 100 to a 100 is not an improvement. <laughs> right, that's just really solid, like, you are keeping it very honestly Toit. it's really good staying power <laughs> yeah uh, no because the godfather has 98 percent, and the godfather 2 has 97 so according to rotten tomatoes it's actually a slightly worse sequel hmm yeah anyways i just wanted to call rotten tomatoes out for their copy needs to be a lot more consistent yeah. um 
between every single one of their movies. And I will be reading every single movie's uh, little blurb now just to make sure. Hell yeah. That's my new lot in life. Anyway, that was the sequel showdown. (laughs) Do you have any other notes or things that you wrote down about this good movie, Empire Strikes Back? Um, no. It it feels like we're not doing it justice by not talking about like every last scene, but like every podcast has already done that before. Right. Um, however, I do think we need to do it some Hasui justice, and I don't have a good sense of where this thing is going to land score-wise. I don't either. Um, so let, okay, let, let's... I, I, I would argue that it has some of the very best music. Because mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like what the, the new songs that were invented for it, plus the use of the music from the original, it's like the first time that that was done, obviously. Okay, yes, and this brings me to the thing we mentioned in the cold open that we somehow haven't talked about, where this was the first movie that people had to sit down and decide what Star Wars is. Yes, right. Like It changed you, what your perception of what the idea of Star Wars is because it's a new Star Wars. Because, like, the uh, Star Wars happened and it, you know it was a weird random sort of hit that kind of came out of nowhere. And given our way of grading it would have gotten a 10 because the only thing that was in the Star Wars chili yes. was Star Wars. Right. And then after each consecutive movie we'd have to go back and regrade it because the chili would be a new chili. It's too bad um, we didn't start this podcast in 1977. That is honestly our one fault as a podcast is that we didn't do that back then. That's the right. only thing we've done wrong. Yeah. Um, But there is... The idea that, okay, Mike, I'm going to get inside baseball with improv for a second. Oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, in improv where like you can do, I mean, this is the same in movies or in theater or in any, anything really, where like once you do something or you make a joke or you do a bit or you set up like a convention or whatever, people can either recognize it and then add on to it or like yes. repeat it to make it a thing or they can ignore it entirely and then it's not a thing, right? Sure. So, like, that's what the makers of this movie had to do for all of Star Wars. That's and every consecutive true. Star Wars movie has to do that. And, like, the newer ones, less so because it's been so well established. But in these first three movies, like, when you're making Empire Strikes Back, you're like, okay, well, is it all is it all desert planets? Does it right. have to be a desert? Like, what all things are we allowed to do? Right. And so, like, essentially, and, George and Lucas... To your, to your improv metaphor, like, if someone were to start a scene saying like a a a a a you as a second person could go b b b b b or you could go like e e e e e and now the pa- the pattern is vowels or you could go like one 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 and the pattern is we're doing the first of a sequence you know right. like and there's so, so many things like no it doesn't have to be a desert planet we find out but it does have to be a planet where the environment is all one thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And like there's, yes. So, so that's what I think this movie, the interesting and weird job that these filmmakers had, and to an extent Return of the Jedi had as well. And I think lesser so for the prequels and the new movies. And I think one of the reasons why Last Jedi is good is because it takes some chances and is like, well, we've seen, we've seen A, 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 A. What about, a b a b a b a or something like that you know like they're taking a little bit of and and i think the better newer star wars movies are the ones that are i don't know more fun do take those liberties which i think even the mandalorian is doing in some weird ways or like the the episodes that are really fun feel like they are 
finding space in between the things that are already set up and being like, here's some cool stuff we can explore inside of here. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, a shot, uh, uh, trying to copy the pattern. Um, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's a weird thing that this movie had to do. And it's, I, I think this is the hardest one to rate so far because it was the one that was like, well, you guys know star Wars, but we're going to give you a little bit of extra stuff about what star Wars can also be. Right. And I don't know where that fits in with the ratings we've done because it's still the original trilogy, but it's not a new hope, but it well, feels so, almost as intrinsically star Wars as a new hope is to me. Yes. Because that's exactly right. Because a new hope is could have stood alone, but empire is what basically made it become a chili. Yes. Like a yes, new hope that, was just like a block of ground beef. Yes. It was <laughs> new hope was a, a, a slab of ground beef with a tomato on top. Yeah. And like some cayenne next to and it. Empire was like, you guys, you can mix all that up. <laughs> what if we cook this up and make it a little chili? You could take all of C3PO's limbs off. You could make Luke jump really high and pull his lightsaber to him with the force. Like, you guys mm-hmm. remember the force, right? It's sitting right there on your ingredients list. It's the tomato on top of the yeah, beef. You can use the force whenever you want. We're going to make Yoda pull up an entire thing out of a freaking, like, the entire X-Wing out of the swamp. It's going to be you great. You could have even just stopped at, we're going to make Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna make Yoda. It's gonna be great. Yeah, like what if we brought cornbread to this chili? Oh my gosh. Yes. This okay, and I think that I'm getting to a point here where uh th- this crystallizing my brain a lot because I do think you're right. I think that I think that it's like Star Wars built a uh a foundation that then was a great solid foundation. Yeah. But it's like if we were rating a uh if we were rating just a foundation, we would be like, well, this Empire Strikes Back isn't a foundation. But if we're rating the house that Star Wars has become, right. we got to factor in Empire Strikes Back. Right. And so like, I think A it's... New Hope is like, wow, damn, you did a really good job buying a stove, buying a, a pot and all the ingredients and going to culinary school <laughs> to make a really good dish with all these ingredients. But like, what is it that you're going to make? And then Empire was like, I'll tell you what I'm going to make, motherfucker. I'm going to make chili. <laughs> Boom. We made some dang chili. And, <laughs> and this is taking me back to, I, I feel like we should in this new year, maybe do, uh, uh, go back to each of the Star Wars episodes and do them again and yeah. look and see what our rating was. Yeah. <laughs> because the fact that we gave New Hope an eight is wild. Right. <laughs> We gave it an eight, right? That's insane. We did, yes. But you know, when I just rewatched it, I I was actively thinking, like, wow, this is a weird movie. Like it the is. structure of this movie is weird. There's entire scenes that are just like old men bickering, and they say stuff like the Senate is disbanded. Like, right. I I know that, I guess. But like watching it the other day, I was kind of like, oh, this. That's an important line of dialogue. <laughs> like, there's just a lot of, like, talking in that movie. And this movie was sort of like, oh, what if there was, like, dynamic camera movement and lighting and, like, uh, you know, cool reveals? <laughs> well, similar. Okay. I feel like I feel like Star Wars A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, I feel like they almost have to be the same number on our rating mm. system. Mm-hmm. Because it feels weird to say that the sequel is... Well, but it is a better movie. It's like... it. Gosh, this is hard. 
Mike, this um, is the hardest thing I've ever had to it, do. It is really tough. I, I here's here's some other things I will say. How about how about this? Um, we haven't done like very specific pros and cons, but one pro I would say is it invented the Force Ghost. Yes, very good. Like, yes, we hear Ben Kenobi's voice at the end of uh, A New Hope, but you don't really kind of know what's happening. Like, is that just like him inside of Luke? Um, but he is in fact a Force Ghost. Um, and invented like levitation essentially, like it, right. it invented a lot, force... a lot of like forcey things. Right, it sort of expanded the fiction of what the force is capable of. Yeah, um, it invented that like one talks to the Falcon. Yes, like that it kind of has a personality of its own. It invented. It, it gave us Boba Fett, which is like the classic badass Star Wars character that actually doesn't do much, which you can see in literally every like That's trilogy. That's right. Yeah. It gave us. It gave us. It sort of like doubled down on Darth Vader's like uh, ruthless tendencies, because like in the first one, yes, he's like you see him force choke and stuff, and in this one, he's just killing officers yeah, left and right. He's, like he's like a complete scorched earth, like yeah, he, a force to be reckoned with. Don't get on his bad side. Absolutely not a good leader. Like you, no, no <laughs> one would like to be. Like there's no way he's getting good results out of the people who are under him because you could just right. die at any time. Yeah, I think I think it that, solidifies that bounty hunters are a big thing in this universe. Right. It gives. It also gives us the idea that like Han is a scoundrel, but also like shows us more about why he's a scoundrel that's true like he's yes. got stuff with uh lando we we get this sort of like idea that there's this history we don't know about um there's the, the whole history with the falcon i think really i think you're right and that empire does take everything that like a new hope sort of sets up and gives mm -hmm. us sort of a deeper uh not it's but, it, but it's not an explanation it's not going out of its way to be like well this is why this is a thing it's just going like oh well there's actually some more stuff here so let's just yeah. like let's just like dig down deep into it 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 um like i mentioned it has good dialogue which is maybe a point against it however if you were to uh taste that chili some of the flavors you'd get notable lines like uh uh if you were to take the top 5 like most memorable star wars quotes I would say that most of them are from this movie. There's I love you, I know. There's I no I am your father. There's do or do not. There is no try. Yeah, that's like already three out of the five. And like, those are the memorable list. ones for a good reason as opposed to like prequel memes like uh, hello there, General sand. Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I yes. So, okay. I, I think I have a position. I think I, I have a number in my head. Uh, I think I do too. And, and who? okay. Um, okay, unit of measurement for me is going to be Tauntaun entrails because we haven't talked about them. <laughs> and I wanted to talk about them because they're so gross and it grossed uh -huh. me out when I was a kid and it still grosses me out now. They look really yeah, nasty. Yeah, it's really gross. So that's my unit of measure. Do you have one? Oh, um, mine's going to be um, Ugnaughts. Very good, yes. <laughs> okay, I think I'm going to go a nine. That is exactly what I was going to say. Yes, okay. And, 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 <laughs> in and, fact, I even had the thought, well, I think I'm going to put it between A New Hope and Phantom Menace and say eight and a half. And then I was like, no, that's not That's not right. It's a, it's a nine. nine. It's a nine because it's almost as Star Wars as something can be because it takes all the like good things that happen in Star Wars yeah. and does them really well. And the only, it, it, But like we talked about in The Phantom Menace, which we also gave a nine, and I also think I can stand by that. I could probably I can argue too. that. Yeah. Is that like that tries to do a lot of stuff and doesn't always succeed. But like 
yeah, the fact that uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back is such a good movie and is so well made, actually, I think all the things you talk about gives it that minus one that keeps it from being that perfect 10 Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so damn close. It's so it's I'm I'm hesitant to give anything ever a 10. Right. Um, the only the, I, I was thinking the same thing. Like I, I I don't know what Star Wars movie could be so perfectly emblematic of all Star Wars. Right, because it would have to be great and bad. Yes, which I'm <laughs> and hey, a movie and it finds it very hard to be both great and bad. Hey, you know what? Maybe Last Jedi, because I still don't like that casino scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it does serve a larger purpose. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It's not going to get a 10 because it's, but, uh, but also, I don't know, like it, it, this is once again, we're not on this podcast. We're not interested in good or bad. So like getting oh, yeah, a no. 10, I, I can see Last Jedi being high. Right. But, but, but getting a 10 out of 10 on the Hisui scale isn't necessarily a good or bad thing. It's an arbitrary <laughs> rating. <laughs> yeah, right. And so it's like, it's not like it wins if it's a 10. It's just the most Star Wars thing, which isn't yes. necessarily good depending on what part of the chili we're talking about. That's right. I feel like this is a good episode uh, for people to jump in on if they haven't yeah, listened. Because it's, it's sort of like a re-establishing of our guidelines of what this podcast is even about. Or yeah, yeah, you're right. So I'm going to put this one on like, we should. So if you're listening that. now, you should listen to this one first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go and erase, go eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Unlearn what you have learned. Yeah. Get rid of it. And gosh, I freaking love Yoda in this movie. He's so weird. <laughs> That's also a really good impression. And maybe it's just the fact that we're on. Oh, Skype. I was doing Lando. Oh, dude, we didn't even talk about Lando. He's so good in what this. What have we here? You surely do belong with us here among the clouds. <laughs> Han, you old pirate. <laughs> That's, sorry, yeah, you're right. Han, you old pirate. And That's then he a, wears his clothes at the end. Yeah, right? That was a weird thing that happened. I'm like, he just put on his shirt and vest. That's very oh, strange. <laughs> Which, like, I get maybe his, like, cloak was dirty. Right. Um, but yeah, Billy D. Williams in this is charismatic as heck, and it's very cool, and it's a good movie. Anyway, it's so good. Do you want us on the internet? Is that the oh, end of the show? I know, I sure do. Okay. Uh, well, Mike, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at How Star Wars Is It. Follow us. It's fun. It's lit. Mike posts cool pictures on the Instagram sometimes, and they're every fun. so often, and they're not always that good. <laughs> sometimes they're really fun, and sometimes yeah. they're fine. Uh, um, you can also follow me at Mike Gospel on Twitter and at WordGospel09 on Instagram. I probably have very recently posted a bunch of pictures of my uh, Christmas gifts I made for my family and my like toy art stuff. Guys, so check that out. Mike makes toys, and it's really cool. And I don't yeah. okay. I don't understand how anyone makes anything. Like the idea <laughs> that there's something out of nothing that is physical is crazy so like mike makes mm -hmm. toys which i don't know how that happens <laughs> so from from what i understand mike is a god and can create matter essentially yeah out of nothing out of nothing because i truly have no idea how you go about like mm -hmm. getting plastic to be the right shape you want it to be <laughs> that is that is some witchcraft that i will never ever understand or know about 
It's pretty um, easy and cheap. <laughs> no, don't break the don't break the <laughs> the uh, the fiction for me. I really want to believe in this. Um, um, and you can follow Josiah at the Josiah Man on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I might be in Chicago, and I might be at my parents' house because I have to save up money. Who knows at this time? Uh, uh, you can also uh, hear me on. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but the Star Wars Loose Cannon podcast. I was on their third episode, Ride the Blurg, uh, on the Mandalorian. I was also recently just on a Twitch stream um, with the Late Bit Show, L, and then the number eight. It's a like a nerd show here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to be in the uh, around this time, right? You're going to be on What Sleeping Dogs Live. Yeah, I can't remember exactly when this episode is coming out, but I will have either just recorded that or I'm about to. So look so for that. If uh, it's beforehand, as well. then go see it. And if it's after, then um, download it. Yeah, it's the most uh, How Star Wars Is It Star Wars podcast. <laughs> it's true. And it has nothing to do with Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we graded it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think and, it's everything. And uh, look for us at... Uh, oh, we'll... Yeah, no, look for us at C2E2. Yes, it is yes. very likely that uh, we are doing a show there. Uh, or not, it's not very likely that we're doing a show there, but we might be doing a show there. And if we aren't, we will probably still be there. So Yeah, uh, I'm super excited because I haven't gotten to go to C2E2 in a while. And I'm yeah. going to like go to the whole thing this time. And I'm very pumped. Uh, we'll probably yes. have postcards and stickers and stuff. So look for if that. we don't have a live show there, which is probably what's going to happen, then... We'll probably be around and like post where we are if you want yeah. to say hi. Do a meetup. Um, the only other thing I'll say is like we're recording this kind of ahead of time or pretty far, not super far, but so uh, check our Twitters for any projects that we haven't mentioned. And uh, oh, yeah, baby I, wants candy, anarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're anarchy's going to New York, and I'm going to be there in like March. Oh, it's going right. to be fun. So check out Josiah and Anarchy at the New York Music Improv Festival. It's going to be great. Uh, but yeah, I'll keep plugging that as we get closer to it. But I think that's everything, probably. So uh, probably. you're welcome for this bonus-sized episode of yeah. How Star Wars Is It. I hope you enjoyed it. We haven't recorded in a while. Uh, and also, I think we just got excited about talking about a movie that's actually Star Wars and also actually a good movie. I mean, uh, it was a really exciting. Which we don't and get to do. it wasn't a character that represents a holiday. <laughs> Yeah, it was a lot easier to talk about how Star Wars something was when it's actually Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, super easy, in fact. Uh, but I think it's time for Tabby Bye Bye, right? I sure think so. All right, well, then, like we always say, we, we love, love you, you. We, we know, know. and may, may the, the fourth be with you. you. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Oh! We said that at the same time. Can we get Caitlin? Can we just get like isolated audio of Caitlin going, bye? That would be very funny. At the very end of every episode. Bye. (laughs) Bye.